0: Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Good
1: afternoon. Yeah, healthy, alive. It's been wonderful weather here. Last night was... It was actually cool last night. Um, not enjoying the smoke, though. You still have but, fires uh, Other than there. that, yeah. No, I think this is from the California fires and whatnot. I uh, opened the door last night and stepped out, and I was like, huh, I smell smoke. Well, Bruce, that and, is man-made uh, climate change. Yeah. Man, yeah. No, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, a Molotov cocktail
0: is man-made you're right so how are you i'm doing fine thank you very much as you can see i've i've taken a new residence today and uh, yeah. we uh we're, we're getting this figured out we're, we're playing around with some green screens here so we're, we're having a pretty good time with it but that's uh, anyway what the future could look like it is what the future could look like uh, and everything that's going mm-hmm. on behind them to be to be fair the way that they're taking these policies in these cities, you know, the mass exodus, this right here is probably what they're going to end up doing in the cities. They're going to come in there, they're going to buy everything up for pennies on the dollar, and they're going to remake those cities into what I got right here behind me. Which so. is, for those that can't see it, it's a bunch of skyscrapers. And I mean, if you have a
1: 250 square foot domicile, I mean, you need big skyscrapers like that to house everyone because you can't live anywhere else but the the cities.
0: That is true. All right, let's get into the obvious thing. Uh, and that is... The Supreme Court vacancy. Now, we know that this is a top priority for the GOP, but it's also a top priority for the American left to do everything they can in their power to try and stop it. So uh, everybody's coming out. It is all hands on deck. You look at I mean, they've even got Amy Klobuchar coming out. You remember her, the Midwestern pie maker? Yeah. With her Uncle Dick in the deer stand. Yeah, that one. She's even come out. Talking about how the the GOP can't do this. Biden, of course, his campaign is saying they have to wait until next year. There's protests going on outside Mitch McConnell's house. We'll talk about that in a second. The newspapers and the media are, are turning her into some kind of a saint. Politico has even said today that Ruth Bader Ginsburg was a conservative. If you can believe it, they went that far. Yeah, we're sitting here scratching our heads and trying not to laugh too. So they're doing everything they can possibly do to try and stifle this and and turn this into a um, uh, a nightmare scenario. But uh, Tom Cotton's come out today. He's he's made a statement. We're going to go over that uh, on what the uh, the Senate's going to do. And you've got a couple of GOP people. I think the uh, one senator from Alaska has said a Republican senator from Alaska has said that she will not be voting on a Supreme Court justice. OK, so they're making a big deal out of that, saying, oh, the rest of them should get behind her. Um, last I checked, the president makes the nomination. The Senate confirms and we move on. Yep, That's how it yep. works. That's how the process has been all along. The House has no say in this. The the, the media has no say in this. Well, she was the senator, the the one from Alaska. Yes, she was. She was. But what yeah. I'm saying is Nancy Pelosi's coming out saying that um, the House has arrows in their quiver to try and stop oh, this. Yes. Yes. So, uh-huh. um, y- yeah. Uh, no, you don't. No, you don't, Madam Speaker. No, you don't. Sorry. Uh, that's not how this system works. But let's start with a Business Insider poll. 58% of Americans think that the Senate should not fill Ruth Bader Ginsburg's seat until after the election. OK, I, I'm an American. I wasn't polled. Bruce, were you polled? I wasn't polled either. I I, I wasn't polled. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think you, I didn't neither one of us were mm. polled. You the listener, were you polled? Are you part of that 58%? Cuz they're speaking for you. They're speaking for for me, they're speaking for Bruce here. They took a national survey of oh, well, see, they only took 1017, right? That's all they had. 1017 <laughs> respondents. You can't base a national poll on that a plurality of respondents, 45% of whom were registered voters. Of course, see the other the other 55%. No, you don't You don't need those. They, those don't need to be registered voters. They said that the to, president elected... Go ahead. To, to put that in perspective, right? The 1,000
1: that they polled, I did 170 million. That's about the workforce, right? Uh, that's a rough estimate of what the that's workforce is. That's about the is. voting base too. Yeah. So it is zero 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 five percent of the population. If,
0: if I if if I I did the math right, which I'm pretty sure I did. But yeah. And that's 58 percent of Americans. Don't don't get ahead of us on the math. Yeah. If, if you yeah. <laughs> don't. <Yeah>. don't, don't <laughs> yes, that, that's 58 percent of the Americans. Yes. Right. Right. Another 13 percent. OK, 45 percent of registered voters said that the president elected in November should fill the seat. No, notice they don't say Trump. Yeah. Another. said the seat should not be filled until after the election. 28% of registered voter respondents said that Trump should fill the vacancy before the election. Question. If Trump... Wins again which uh, i'm I'm
1: expecting Trump to win in a landslide personally uh, but let's say Trump does win again. are they going to retain their position to where the the next president is the one that le- that elects you know after the election that's when you can you can are they going to stick to their guns and say they can do it and not do the the nonsense they did with kavanaugh and and just go through all these investigations and string him through the mud over allegations that had no credibility are they going to do the same thing or are they going to just you know, pass them through, because obviously we have to wait till the next, you know, till after the election before you can do it.
0: I would say that they will take that route. I, I think they will. I mean, it, everything's on the table. Even uh, even Senator Schumer says nothing's off the table for this one. They're going to do everything they can possibly do in order to uh, to stifle this. And it caused mayhem and chaos and everything. And the left is going to go nuts and they're going to burn things down. AOC's talking about how uh, the left needs to Uh, demand that, uh, what what was her actual statement? Uh, AOC encourages Americans to fight for the next Supreme Court justice. Okay. Fight for the next Supreme Court justice. Now, uh, again, uh, lady, kid, you have no say in this. That's not how this works. The big kids here have to make a decision and you're not involved in that decision. Okay. So just go, go back to tendon bar or whatever it is you do uh, and let the big people make decisions. Okay, all right. Thanks. Appreciate your two cents, lady. That, it's amazing. You go from bartender to world leader in a year, and that's only by a decision of four thousand people. Like she had a closer margin of victory than Stacey Abrams did in Georgia. Just, just saying. Uh, okay, but the Democrats, right? They they've come out now and they've threatened to. Uh, to pack the Supreme Court if Ginsburg uh, is replaced this year. You explained the packing of the court. Would you go over that again, please, for uh, for any of those that haven't heard it up to this point?
1: So basically, packing the court started back during FDR. Um, and there was a bill passed back then that allowed him, which I believe was the. Um, what is it? The the deal one that he did, you know, um, the new deal, yeah, whatever the hell it was called. The new deal. Yes. Thank you. God. Um so that was part of the new deal. Now, it basically allows them to, uh, if they want to add more uh, judges to the SCOTUS, uh, they can. So basically, instead of having nine, you would have, you know, 10, 11, 12, 15, 20. I mean, it, it does, there's not really a limit. However many they want to put into in, they, they can, basically. So yeah, you, basically what that means is... Let's say um, President Trump does, and in, in fact elect someone conservative or someone that stands with the Constitution. Not conservative, not I mean political affiliation aside, they stand with the Constitution. I don't care what the politics is. If they stand with the Constitution, uh, I'm, I'm I back them. Let's say they elect he he puts someone in like that, and Biden wins. Well, Biden could pack the courts, which means he could put in a bunch of left leaning uh, loons that want to burn the Constitution and burn the country down. And we have nothing like if a state makes a ruling, if uh, the next president makes a ruling or, or Congress makes a ruling and uh, it's taken to the Supreme Court, Supreme Court can shoot it down. And at that point, basically, because of the power that Supreme Court's been given in the last 20 years, um, they would be able to radically change America.
0: Okay, question. There was a vacancy. It was uh, when Obama was a lame duck. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah. He didn't fill it. He could have, but he didn't. Isn't that right? It wouldn't have. It wouldn't have. Even if
1: he did try to fill it, it wouldn't have mattered because I'm pretty sure at the end of. at the end of his election or his term, it was um, Republicans that had the Senate.
0: Okay. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. They, and they said that. Yeah. Okay. I remember Lindsey Graham. Now, now that you mentioned, it, I remember Lindsey Graham saying that they would block any nomination that he would have made. So, okay, that would have made sense. So Jerry Nadler, right? <laughs> the guy that said Antifa's is a myth, right? You remember him? He's come out and yeah. he said that, uh, where's this quote? Uh, he said, if Senator McConnell, oh. speaking of, I'm sorry, what? No, go ahead. Sorry. I I have his Twitter up as well. Okay. Uh, He said if Senator McConnell and the GOP in the Senate were forced through a nominee or excuse me, were to force through a nominee during the lame lame duck session, which for those that don't know, I know we have international listeners, a lame duck session. That is after the election. The president doesn't actually leave after the election. That's not how it works. That president stays in there until the inauguration on or around the 20th of January. That's usually how it works. So that period in between the election in November through that time period at the end of January is considered the quote lame duck session. So they still have authority, but it's it's I mean they're lame ducks. That's why we call it a lame duck. So There's really not much that they can do outside of uh, emergency orders and things like that, because everything's in a state of flux because we just had the election. We have to get the old people out. The new people in transitions have to take place. And so hence a lame duck session anyway. But he says that if the GOP and the Senate were to force through a nominee during the lame duck session before a new Senate and president can take office, a new Senate. So are you anticipating that the Senate is going to be taken over by the by the Democrat Party? I don't know about that. Then the incoming Senate should immediately move to expand the Supreme Court, hence packing the court is what House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Naylor wrote on his Twitter on Saturday. So he wrote that yesterday, it looks like. Uh, Filling the SCOTUS, uh, filling the Supreme Court of the United States vacancy during a lame duck session after the American people have voted for new leadership is undemocratic and a clear violation of the public trust in elected officials. Sir, (laughs) you want to talk about a clear violation in the public trust of elected officials? You people haven't done diddly squat for four years. You've done nothing but wreck this place, wreck this entire you, you haven't just wrecked the U.S. You've wrecked Western civilization with your antics over the last four years. People like you, Nadler, are the reason that people don't have faith in elected officials. You come out and you say that Antifa is a myth. You, you don't even acknowledge that you've got goons and mobs out there in the streets that are burning businesses down, that are smashing old ladies in the face with bricks. You, you won't even acknowledge that they're out there, let alone enforce any kind of law and order. Not to mention the fact that the out-of-control riots in these cities are done by people from what party? And I hate playing party politics. I can't stand doing this. I'm sorry. But blue cities, blue states is where the mayhem and the chaos is happening. You talk about a violation, a clear violation of public trust in elected officials. You got a lot of nerve, sir. Congress would have to act and expanding the court would be the right place to start. So let's pack the Supreme Court Let's torch what's left of the Constitution, as if it hadn't been beaten down enough already. Uh, and let's uh, let's just go with mob rule, huh? Yeah, that great democracy. Yeah, that, that 51%. Uh, 51% of mail-in voting fraud? Is that what we want to go with? Is that how we want to govern? I mean, again, you talk about uh, a clear violation of trust in elected officials. Are you even legitimate? Are you legitimate at that point? But see, we're not going to know. We're not going to know on election day, are we? See, I can tell you what's going to happen. Trump's going to win. I mean, that's, that, if you were to look just just by looking visually at everything, if you look at the crowds for Trump, if you look at the the parades for Trump and I'm not i <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and cheerlead for the guy, right? There's plenty not to like. I understand. But people are excited about Trump. They're on board with what he talks about. And Biden, I mean, there's really nothing to get excited about there. There's no energy there. I was watching the DNC. Bruce, you remember we were watching some of the DNC? It was like watching paint dry. It was the most boring thing I'd ever seen. I mean, I, I felt like I needed to go throw myself off a bridge. It was that boring. But people are excited about what Trump does. They're excited about what the campaign's doing. He goes around. He gives the speeches. He holds the rallies. He thumbs his nose in the face of all this stuff. Did you see the RNC? The RNC was great. The speakers they brought in was fantastic. It was very well done. Uh, And the firework display, I, I thought, was great. But you've got the Democrat Party that's coming out talking about science and climate change and this and that. Not one mention of law and order. Nothing. Not one mention of what to do in order to restore faith in the elected officials that are supposed to oversee the safety and security of our communities. Nothing about this. And so, like I said, there is only one choice in November. There's only one. If you love America, there's only one choice. There's one. You don't have two. You got one. You know what I saw yesterday, Bruce? I I saw it late last night. I was going to send it over to you on them. I was going to DM it over to you, but I haven't done it yet. I'll do it here in a little bit. But the Amish, the Amish. Did you hear what I just said? The Amish in Ohio, in my home state of Ohio, (laughs) the Amish had a Trump parade with their horses and buggies. (laughs) The Amish, for God's sake, are on board. They've got Trump flags flying from their (laughs) cars. That's funny. I mean, I've never in my life you know, I, I mean, I grew up in Ohio. I mean, not not far from Amish country. You know, it's just about an hour or so north uh, or a couple hours north from where I grew up. And I, I spent time up there as a kid because we, we had family and um, uh, we had friends of the family that, that lived up there. And so we would go up there. and They were, they, I mean, big farming community up there. And it was right outside Amish country. And I have never in my life, I have never seen the Amish endorse a presidential candidate. Never. I've never seen that. I, I could be wrong, but me personally, I've never seen that. I've never known the Amish to be political in any way, shape, or form. Have you? I, uh,
1: honestly, I don't really keep up with uh, the Amish community to know if they, you know, are, are political or apolitical.
0: Well, they are very uh, reclusive. That's that's true because they they keep to themselves, and and that's that's just how they are. But I've never seen them get involved in politics because that's the outside world. You know, that doesn't really concern them. It's just that like they're in their communities and they just want to be left alone. Uh, and that that's why they came to America, right? That's thats why they left mainland Europe. They got run out of here. And so they went to the U.S. where at the colonial time, it was a little bit more compatible with how they live. And so they were able to go there, be free, be left alone, raise their families, practice their religion and work on their farms. And they can still do that. They, they can still do that. But to the best of my knowledge, I've never seen the Amish get political on anything. And to see them, like I said, I'll send you the video here in a little bit to see them have a, a Trump parade was what uh, was. It was just it was really funny because here they come, you know, clip clopping along with their horses and, buggies, <laughs> you know, with their uh, with their Trump flags. But anyway, speaking of people that were not happy about this. And what's her name? AOC's come out and said that the, the Americans need to fight for a Supreme Court nomination, right? Well, what does that mean? In AOC language, that means uh, peaceful, mostly peacefully protest. Isn't that right? Most, mostly peacefully protest. Isn't that how they, they, they describe it? Yeah. Yeah. The furious Democrats surround Mitch McConnell's home. After Ginsburg had passed, they decided that they were. Some people decided they were going to dox Mitch McConnell. So they put all of his uh, information online, and crowds started to form outside of his house. Now, uh, whoever did this, you're you're a disgusting piece of filth. That's all I have to say. Whenever you dox somebody like that, you're you're disgusting. Following the death of Justice Ginsburg, angry leftists decided to. Post Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell's address and began surrounding his home to intimidate the Republican lawmaker to not vote for a replacement. See, this follows along the line with Americans need to fight to make sure that there's no um, confirmation from the Senate, right? This is the fight, right? This is this is the struggle. Did you did you catch that word there,
1: though? Intimidate. Yes. When you intimidate someone for political change, that's called terrorism. When you're using intimidation to change politics... That's terrorism. So these guys that are terrorizing McConnell's home—look, um, if you wanted to go out there and peacefully protest, you know that, that that's all good. But going out here and doxing the guy and and trying to intimidate him into changing—I'm um, sorry—that that's a problem. If you're if you're out there just like holding signs and doing, you know, peacefully protesting, not really there in neighborhoods, especially we we have laws against loud loud noises, loud music, you know, that kind of thing. Right. You're not supposed to do all those kind of things. Um, They could be breaking some kind of ordinance there in that area. I mean, does he
0: live in a gated neighborhood? Do we know that much? I don't think so. Judging by the, of course, I don't know which, I don't know if this is his only house. I'm sure this is not his only residence, but um, it says here that just hours after Ginsburg's death was announced, they dox McConnell, uh, who has the power to bring the vote to the Senate floor, which that's how it works. You know, the, the nomination comes down. Messenger carries it over. He comes down, and the se- the uh, House uh, Majority Leader, excuse me, the House Majority—that's <laughs> Biden moment. The Senate Majority Leader goes down and brings it to. Uh, brings it to a vote on the Senate floor. So, um, they, okay, so this was his home. This is outside of his Kentucky home, I, I just noticed. Uh, and then, of course, people are, of course, that's his state. That's his area down there is Kentucky. And I've got several tweets here from the people that were outside. Some of the protesters over there there said, uh, we're now walking to Mitch McConnell's house to protest. Uh, and then they uh, give the address again. His house is entirely dark, significant police presence out front. It's clear that he's not here, as confirmed by a neighbor who is not fond of him. People are not, or people are, going home so the crowd just kept getting bigger it looks like the police showed up uh one woman was arrested uh it looked like one block away from mcconnell's house uh she got taken down to jail people outside uh uh, people gathered outside of mcconnell's home with signs that read stuff like uh, ruth sent us uh (laughs) putting their uh, their stuff up on Twitter. McConnell announced on Friday the Senate would hold a vote for Trump's SCOTUS nominee, which Trump indicated will quickly name. Uh-huh. Uh, quote from McConnell, he says, Americans reelected our majority in 2016 and expanded it in 2018 because we pledged to work with President Trump and support his agenda, particularly his outstanding appointments to the federal judiciary. Once again, we will keep our promise. President Trump's nominee will receive a vote on the floor of the United States Senate, McConnell said. So, okay, this isn't the first time he's had protests at his house. Do you remember the time they were there last year? I remember something about it. I don't remember what it was over. Yeah, Yeah, it was something about like no justice, no peace, no, you know, you're not going to sleep, that kind of stuff. mm, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something about the uh, the Second Amendment involved there. I can't remember specifically what it was all about. But and then, of course, they were there all night chanting things like uh, stab the. Uh, well, you know what? I'm just not going to mention it because it's just uh, it, it's just so terrible. But this is their fight. This is the way that they're uh, they're fighting back to uh, to stop the nominee. It's intimidation. It's intimidation. And this shouldn't be taken as something you should respond to. Move on with your job. Do your job. If these mobs are. Are any indication uh, coming in and
1: terrorizing these people. Honestly, it should solidify Republicans especially because supposedly they're supposed to be the the party of small government and the Constitution. It should solidify their vote and be like, yeah, we need to get someone in that's constitutional because these these crazies are trying to destroy our nation.
0: Well, the Washington Post would disagree with you. They say that uh, Ginsburg's death crystallizes the choice in November as no other issue can. So they're saying this is a clear cut reason why you should vote for Biden, not for Trump. As I said about McConnell, yes, do your job. Continue on. Don't listen to these mobs. Don't listen. to what They're going to crow and they're going to scream and they're going to cry and the media is going to do whatever it is they're going to do. You can't appease these people. This is this is worse than trying to make a deal with the devil. You just can't do it. Uh, Senator Tom Cotton, we talked about him. He was possibly one of the picks. Uh, we're going to go over that list here in just a couple of minutes. But he was one of the picks. He already refused because, like I said, I think he's got other, uh, he's got other intentions down the line. Uh, But he says that the Senate, he's come out and he said that the Senate will move forward on confirming the successor without a delay. But Cotton has said that uh, my condolences to the Justice Ginsburg's family and my regard for her lifelong dedication to public service. The Senate will exercise our constitutional duty and we will move forward without delay. Uh, He said that uh, he was asked whether whether a vote would happen before the presidential election and Cotton noted that it was possible, but not guaranteed. He says there will be a vote. There have been some cases like Justice Ginsburg herself uh, when the confirmation process took less than 44 days. There have been other cases which took longer, uh, so it's too soon to say right now. The normal process for confirmation only takes like a week, right? That's usually about one week, two weeks, something like that. I mean, the. I guess it would depend on how well known the person is. Uh, for example, if it was
1: like a Ted Cruz, that should be like the day he's announced, they should be able to vote on it <laughs> because they yeah, all know but, Ted Cruz already.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, that does. That's not going to stop him from from setting. I don't want to say setting precedent, but it's not going to stop him from going ahead with a smear campaign. You know what I mean? Right, like that, that's right. not going to stop him. Now, all the let's say that they let's say that that Ted Cruz is the nominee just for the sake of argument. Right. He's been in the Senate for how long has he been in there? Like 15 years, 15, 15, 20 years, uh, 2013. Is what I'm saying. Okay, seven years. I, I thought he'd been there longer than that. Uh,
1: let's see here. It's an attorney serving as a junior United States senator for Texas since 2013.
0: Okay, all right. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. But uh, let's say that he's confirmed. Okay, he's been in there for seven years. He's been in the Senate for seven years. Let's say that he's let's well not not confirmed. Let's say he's nominated. You know the games they're gonna play. All of a sudden, there's going to be all these allegations that come out, and there's going to be all kinds of women coming forward, and the Me Too movement's going to come back, and and code pink, and all this stuff and, and out there in the public hearings, because that's what happened with Gorsuch, and that's what happened with Kavanaugh. So it it, it would be another smear campaign, and and I don't see I don't see Cruz, uh, you know, be I, I wouldn't see him losing that nomination if he were to to accept it. I I wouldn't see that. I think that the Senate would confirm him, but that wouldn't stop them from the smear campaign. The smear campaign would still happen is what I'm saying. So even so, even so that they would, um, they would vet him in in no time flat. The smear campaign is what would drag it out. That's the only thing they they know how to do at this point is to just drag things out. That's all they're going to do with this election is they're just going to drag everything out. So like I said, everything you're going to see on election night is you're going to see what's actually going to happen. And they're going to do everything within their power to convince you that what you're seeing isn't what you're actually seeing. And I tell you what, coming up, coming up on next Friday, we're going to talk about what big tech is going to what their role is going to be in that, because that that's going to be that's going to be big, because I'm pretty well convinced that what they're going to do, their role, they're going to start taking people's accounts down is is what's going to happen. They're going to take down Trump's account. They're going to they're going to start taking down people that support him. They've already said they're going to do that. That, that, haven't they? they they already said they're going to do that anybody that posts anything about a clear winner on election night they're going to take it down or or they're going to correct it for you do you remember that yeah and they've actually done that already
1: uh regarding the election stuff uh with um with Trump for example um w- when they put stuff out that is factual or even even with covid 19 they put stuff out that is actually factual um they're saying oh no Uh your your flag, this isn't uh this can't be proven or whatever. And it's actually from one of their own um fact checking news organizations, um, um like New York Times, you know. But yeah, that that's that's what they're gonna do. And in fact, to give it a little teaser, one of the one of the things I think is gonna happen is they're going to ban, for example, Trump from all social media, all platforms. They'll ban him. So he silences him. And if there's any kind of um nonsense coming up, uh, you know, to where they're rigging the election, he won't have a voice.
0: The media won't cover it. So, and they'll just say that he's illegitimate and he's, he's, yeah. he's doing everything that they're, there's accusing him of now saying, Oh, look, he's not going to leave that. I mean, that's, that's the card they're going to play. They're setting the placeholder for that agenda later down the line, thinking that people don't have any kind of a memory or understand how our system works. Uh, I also want to point something out. We, we were
1: talking about the lame duck situation. Um, even though he would technically be a lame duck after the election, right? He could still nominate someone for SCOTUS. I mean, his term is not over until January 21st or or whenever they take office. Yes. So
0: technically he
1: could still do it
0: constitutionally. Yes. And whoever's there is the president elect. They haven't actually been sworn in to that point. Right. They have no power
1: necessarily yet.
0: Yes. Now, if it's a lame duck session of himself, if he's the, you know, if he's the incumbent. I, I don't see any problem there. I mean, what you're you're going to be sworn in that day. So just just do it. You know what I mean? So it's not like I mean that you're you're not it's like well, you're just going to wait to transition power to yourself and then you're going to do it. So what? why not just do it? So I, I would understand it at that point. Uh, do you want to go down some of the list? Let, let's look at some of the lists of or excuse me, some of the names on the list. Now, this is the official list that's been put out by WhiteHouse.gov. we let me hit on one thing.
1: Let me hit on one thing yeah, first before we transition. I just had a thought with, okay, so they're saying Trump can't do the, he, he shouldn't be allowed to um, nominate someone for SCOTUS right now because he's, it's so close to an election, it's election year, blah, 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 blah. Are they going to take the same position for the peace treaties he just did? Uh, are, are they going to tell the president, you can't do these peace treaties because it's an election year? It, it's kind of, anyway, yes. Um that's, that's totally a fair point. Here.
0: No, that's a fair point. Now, see, during his lame duck session, if he wanted to rejoin the Paris Accords, oh, oh, I'm sure that'd be fine. Or if he wanted to put oh, yeah. us back in the World Health Organization, oh, thank God he's finally come to his senses and he's he's seeing science. Thank God he's done that. Anyway, yes, let's go down some of the lists. Now, this is the like I said, this is the official list that was put out by Whitehouse.gov. We saw one from the AP, and I don't really like the AP. So I, I don't I don't trust the the spin they put on things. But this is a very long list, so we're not gonna go through all this, but let's look at some of the key possible picks here. Let's let's start with of course Tom Cotton, right? He's he's on the list, but he's already said no. Okay, so he's out. Check him off. Ted Cruz, U.S. Senator from Texas. Prior to his election in 2012, Senator Cruz was a partner at Morgan, Lewis, and uh, Bacchus, uh, Limited Liability. okay, uh, and served as a Solicitor General of Texas. Senator Cruz served as a law clerk to Chief Justice William Rehnquist on the Supreme Court of the United States and Judge J. Michael Luddig Lutt- uh, on the U.S. Uh, Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit. Cruz received his uh, A.B. cum laude. Uh, from Princeton University and his Juris Doctor magna cum laude from Harvard Law School, he's qualified. I didn't realize he had uh, his Juris Doctor magna cum laude. I didn't realize that from Harvard. I didn't know. Uh, I really didn't know. I, I I knew that he'd served some time in the legal system, but I didn't realize he had he had that degree. So that's pretty good. Uh, the front runner, though, at the moment is. Hang on a minute. I want to say that I know this other one, Carlos uh, Muniz. Muniz. I, I want to say that I knew who that is.
1: Yes the Munez is a familiar name,
0: he, uh, Supreme he, Court I, of Florida. OK, maybe that's it. I I think I've seen his name a time or two on some rulings that where he sided with the Constitution and said, "Uh, yeah, OK, we're we're not going to do that. So uh, I think that's where I've seen him before. OK,
1: General Counsel of the United States Department of Education before his Florida Supreme Court nomination,
0: you know, and I'm surprised there's I mean, there's a couple of people I would have picked to put on this list, but um, but I don't see them there. I, I would have... And I know that there's a... There's a, there's a problem there, and I don't know what it is, and I wish I did. Andrew Napolitano, Judge Andrew Napolitano, the man's a constitutional judge. Why is he not even being considered? Now, like I said, I know that there was a problem a while back, and I can't remember what that was. So there was an issue there between him and Trump because Napolitano was actually called to Trump Tower by Trump when he was president-elect. And they were talking the Supreme Court pick for um Uh, It was the seat that Gorsuch filled. And everybody thought, including myself, that it was going to be Napolitano that was going to fill that seat. Because, I mean, like I said, the guy's been a constitutional judge. But uh, let's look at the who's the one that they that was the uh, the clerk for Scalia, Uh, Amy Coney Barrett. Is the one that we were uh, the one we were looking for Barrett is a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Seventh Circuit. She's a graduate of Rhodes College and Notre Dame's law school and a former clerk to Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. So she's supposedly the front runner at the moment. Is that correct? Uh, that's what's rumored.
1: She's rumored to be on the top of the list right now. Um here's here's kind of my thinking on this too uh, a little bit uh, this is political war gaming if you will i don't really want to i don't want to remove judges from like the um ninth circuit appeals or you know any of these other judges that he's appointed technically and really i i don't want to remove ted cruz from the senate because um he's going to replace him in the senate
0: right for I, I don't I don't think that you're going to find somebody else out there that's dedicated enough to stand up there and do a filibuster for over 20 hours on a or 24 hours yeah. on a yeah. uh, on an Obamacare thing. Now, the the man didn't even take a restroom break for crying out loud. I don't care what side he's on. I don't care if he's a Republican or a Democrat. You've got all my respect. Yeah, if you was, can stand up there for 24 yeah. hours and filibuster, you know, go, go ahead. So I even I, I he even read a bedtime story to his kids. He did. He, he did. I remember that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, just, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's quite something. And there, I don't honestly, I don't think that uh, that there would be a replacement for him. He and I, I haven't always agreed on some of the stuff that he's uh, that he's put up there. But uh, for the most part, for the most part, as as far as this day and age, it's good that we have people like him and people like Rand Paul in there. So and people like Thomas Massey in the house. So to throw one in the house in there. So I think uh, his competitor and the senate race is uh beto is it not it is it is so let's so let's let's not put out. yeah let's let's not put the um the the guy that that puts like his uh his pushups and and his his horrible guitar playing in an empty bar could can we not put him in there and this guy that says hell yes we're going to take your ar15 could can we please not put yeah. people like that in there from from yeah, texas be, of all places
1: yeah that'd be great i'd i'd, I'd rather not have that so yeah okay uh, all right
0: Let's um let, let's get off of this uh, let's get off this court thing let, let's get over into um, okay let's let's talk about WeChat why is WeChat so popular this is an app that is from China this is what they talk over the, or what they um, what they used to talk over there. It's like the Chinese version of WhatsApp here in the West. WhatsApp is the uh, the Facebook version which, you know, some of us we, we don't use that. There's other competitors out there like Telegram's one that some of us are on and it's it's a great service, but WeChat, a Federal Judge has temporarily blocked the Trump administration's WeChat download ban. They're going after WeChat and they're going after TikTok, and these are these are apps that are known to have Chinese Communist Party ties. Now, what makes you think that they're not watching and scraping off this data and taking this information? What makes you think that? We know they are. Well, of course we know they are. The thing is, is do people know that this is a Chinese Communist Party app? D- do they know? Do they care? Do they look at it as a, another tool of convenience while not paying attention to it? TikTok, I think, especially with the younger generations, they don't care. They don't care. They're out there to try and make their... Uh, their 5 minutes of fame in a 10 second video or whatever TikTok is, I don't know. With WeChat, this was another thing that was on the list. Now, I thought we were just going after TikTok. I didn't I didn't realize we were going after WeChat. Why have we decided we're going to go after WeChat now? Is it is it because of the same reasons? We're we're just going to start same banning reason. CCP apps now?
1: Yeah, same reasons. So, as far as the the federal court, you know, judge, which uh, it makes me skeptical right off the bat because it's someone out of California. First of all, that makes me skeptical. We've seen a lot of the politicians over there in California are interested in burning things down and are sympathetic to China. That said, oh, excuse me, I should say CCP because we're sympathetic to the Chinese people, just not the CCP. So, you know, to clarify, but if Congress was to come out and say, we're banning this that's within, their, that's within their authority constitutionally because they, they have the power over trade. And that is trade. I mean, you're literally trading data in this sense. They're, they're, they're taking data. So it's totally within their in Congress's power. As far as Trump is concerned, it is actually within his power if he words it in the sense of this is for national security. That would be under his purview. And it is, in a sense, it is um, kind of national security um, issues because they're, they're, they're stealing data. And depending on how the app functions and where it takes the data from, if someone that was, um, you know, in, in any kind of government position, if it's on their phone, it could skim data from the phone, whether your phone's encrypted or not, it would take it. So
0: so they're going ahead. Or excuse me. They, they've stopped it temporarily to, to do this. Now, this, this is an interesting thing. A judge. Right? We've seen this with the immigration policies in the past. A single judge is now going to overrule a decision that's made at the federal level. A single judge in a state is going to do this. What's the point of voting? If we have a system where everything can be overruled by one judge and one interpretation of something that, quite frankly, I, I think that they, um, they they don't know anything about, because if they're ruling on this, then they probably don't have any idea what they're even doing. Uh, that, that would be my guess, because if they're not thinking of the security implications behind this for the average citizen, then... You know, I, I'm sorry, but uh, you, you re- your your ruling is is pure political at that point, and it has nothing that's based in common sense. So one lousy stinking judge can overrule the actions of I, I want to say the an um, administration, but I mean it's not. I, I don't want to make it sound like it's just the Trump administration we're talking about here, because I, nearest I can tell, I don't recall. Any single judge overruling anything on Obamacare when Obama put it up with his administration? To you, I don't remember that. No, I don't remember I, I that don't, ever happening. I I don't recall that. This is a simple. I mean, this is this is uh, you know a walk in the park by comparison. This is a uh, this is just an app. The federal judge in California on Saturday issued a temporary injunction against the Trump administration's download ban on WeChat. The court grants the motion on the ground that the plaintiffs have shown serious questions going forward to the merits of the First Amendment claim. The balance of the uh, hardships tips in the plaintiffs' favor. The plaintiffs establish sufficiently... The other elements for preliminary injunctive relief. Uh, Okay, so basically what he's saying is, is that by the Trump administration taking action on this app, that means that the Trump, by his interpretation, the, the Trump administration is taking away your right to free speech. That's what he's saying. Now, I don't necessarily think that this is a crack on free speech. There are plenty of other alternatives out there. American based alternatives, I might add. This is a national security issue. That's where I'm looking at it. This is not anything having to do with your First Amendment. This is a national security issue. When you have a foreign government that is scraping your data off and reading your conversations. Do you remember Dr. Li in China? Do you remember he was one of the first doctors that died? Do you remember him? He had actually brought it out to the doctors in his WeChat circle, of what was actually happening in the initial stages of COVID, um, it was before it was called COVID, but um, in the initial stages. And how do you think they found him out? They were reading his WeChat conversations. So, I mean, that's how they talk. So, if if they're willing to do that through their own people, their own medical establishment, their own nationally certified medical establishment, what do you think they're willing to do to you, the average citizen in a foreign country? They don't care. They'll take whatever information they can get on you. But you look like you want to jump in there. Go
1: ahead. Yeah. So where is this federal judge on um, YouTube or, or well, let's just say Alphabet, right? Where, where is that judge on Alphabet? And where is that judge on Facebook and Twitter and all these other mediums that are censoring people, censoring their free speech? Where is where is he saying that they shouldn't be doing this? Where is he on those things? And by the way, uh, just to point out, I I went ahead and pulled up the executive order that was addressing uh, WeChat specifically. Um, He does cite national security risks for information skimming, and it it is um, about uh, information and communications technology supply chains, blah, 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 blah. So he did cite there, this is within his legal purview. Um, The national security is the president's job. So If if they believe the administration believes there's a national security risk, I I would be disappointed if he didn't do something about it or attempt to do something about it. So to have a a federal judge come in and say, no, you can't do this. No, actually sit down, because that's not your authority when it comes to national security. Sorry, president. President overrules you. So, yeah, I I, want to know where where this judge is on the other the other issues for freedom of speech.
0: I don't think they actually care to be fair i don't think they care where where is i'm assuming you're talking about like the censoring of uh, alternative views and conservative voices on social media is that right yeah,
1: yeah yeah if you have a opposing view of covid-19 or um the election or uh for example what we're talk we're going to kind of mention on friday we're going to talk about um that is another thing that where's where's the left on this
0: you know i got an interesting i got an interesting take on that since you mentioned it you know we've been talking about uh, going after big tech companies for platform status, and you know, hitting them with antitrust and all that stuff. And you know, here here's an interesting here's an interesting way to look at this. We're looking at the Trump administration or the GOP Senate or or somebody to bring some type of action against these companies for the censorship that they're doing. Right? Well, like that's what we're doing. We're we're hoping that someone's going to step up somewhere and and bring action against these companies for (laughs) essentially canceling your First Amendment. That's what these companies are actually doing. Not not one lousy stinking judge talking about uh, a Chinese company. Not that. How about the American companies that are now based in China that are taking away your free speech? How about that? Like you're saying, I think I think that given enough time passing, that censorship is or excuse me, that that regulation is going to come. I think it's going to come, but it's not going to come from the American right. It's going to come from the American left. And let me explain why. After they've shut down everybody on the conservative side, what do you think the tech companies are going to do then? They're going to do exactly exactly. To the American left, what the left are doing to their own mobs in the streets right now, they're going to start eating their own. And once that happens, once that happens, see, the tech companies, they they think... They think that they're going to be able to rule the day at the end of the day anyway with all these corpor- other corporations. It's all about them. Corporations have no hearts. They have no souls. They'll jump in bed with whoever they want because whatever way the wind's blowing, they'll get on board with it and they'll profit from it. Companies don't care about it. It's exactly what that just je- that gesture you just made. All they give a damn about is their bottom line. They don't care about anything else. They do not care about anything yeah. else. They don't care about your free speech. They don't care about your right to private property. They don't care about your right to own guns. They they don't care about your religious institutions, none of that stuff. They care about control and their bottom line. They don't give a damn about anything else and what they can sell and advertise to you. So the censorship that's happening by these companies, the action going to come from the American left. They're the ones that are going to jump all over. Because we know that the American left, when they're in power, they do get things done, albeit it's in the wrong direction, but they do get things done. And so if they're actively being taken down, and they have the legislative authority. Then I think that you're going to see them start to take some heavy action. Yeah, and to to your point about the left, if this was Biden, for example, if Biden was
1: uh, w- was president right now, or Obama, doesn't matter, anyone from the left, if they were president and they were saying we have to ban WeChat, we have to ban TikTok, um, I think the roles would be reversed. Actually, I don't know some of the some of the some of the ones on the right. I think would still agree with this, like Cotton and Cruz. For example, they're they're banned from going to China, by the way. Um, China, the CCP really said you can't you're not welcome.
0: Yeah. OK, I can yeah. see I can see Cotton. They don't like Tom Cotton. I <laughs> yep. don't like him at all.
1: Oh, they don't like Cr- Cruz has been pretty hard on China, too. Um, so but nonetheless, if the left was to do this, I know those two would still be on board. But I don't know about some of the other Republicans. Some of the other ones, I think, are just tribalists. Honestly, uh, I think it's because the Republican Party says don't do it or or ban it or whatever. They're for it, but the left, I
0: think, is against it because Orange Man bad. Well, Bruce, Orange Man is bad. I mean, don't you know that by now? Or Orange Man is bad. But I I didn't know about um, I didn't know about the bans to China. I I didn't know about that. I I knew that there had been some people that had been put on there. But to be honest with you, who would want to go to China right now? Seriously, (laughs) I mean, who would want to go there? Why why would you want to go unless you're if you're an American politician and you go there as a diplomat? Okay, I can understand that if you go there as a diplomat, but. I mean, I can't think of a time I've ever said, Yeah, I'm going to go to China this weekend. you know <laughs> I can't think of a time I've ever said I would do that i would, I would go,
1: but because of uh, i'm I'm interested in their culture, like some of the history yes. they have there, some of the i'm I'm interested in that, but because of the government, that is
0: not an option yes. so that, I, I that's want the main yeah, yeah I, I want to there. go to China. I do I, I want to go to China I want to go there I, I want I want to do everything that you're talking about because I've studied uh, some Chinese culture albeit it's very limited because you're talking about thousands of years of culture there, there there's so much yeah. and, and I've literally only scratched the surface Asiatic cultures in general not just China but I'm talking about like Japan the Koreas everywhere down in Southeast Asia the the culture the Asiatic culture is so vast and immense that it takes so much. You could take a lifetime to study Asiatic cultures and you would not learn at it all. It's it's just not possible. But there's so much there and there's a lot to take in. And yes, I, I would want to um, to go and, and to see all that. But as long as the CCP is there, no, not going to happen. No, no. As we're talking about Chinese companies, we talked a little while ago about how Joe Biden I mean, we know that him and of course, East he's been talking China up for a long time. You know, they're our friends and, you know, we have a, a great deal in common with them and, and we, we owe a lot to them. And we we have a great future together and we don't need to be worried about China. You know, typical Biden talking. Come, Come on, man. Come on, man. And he's had dinner with G. He's got like 25 hours worth of dinner time with G. And, and all that. OK, fine. And his son's got deals over there with with Chinese companies. Kamala Harris has got uh, dealings. Her and her husband have dealings with uh, with the CCP. So with foreign dealings like that, we also had a deal with Biden and his son with Burisma, right, the Ukrainian uh, gas company. And there's been some new tapes that have come out. And it was my understanding. I found out last night that you sent these over and you grabbed these before they were taken down, because apparently YouTube, Google and, and everyone else, they're taking these things down as rapidly as possible. And so you're not able to find them. What are these tapes that have come out of Biden? Because we're, we're talking about dealing with foreign companies here, namely China. And, and of course, the whole Ukraine thing, you know, you know, they tried to push that off onto Trump. The whole Ukraine backstory is a mess. It is a mess of just corruption and and a criminal enterprise that they tried to set up in a foreign country under the last administration. It is a nightmare of corruption. It's a mess, and this is why they tried to push it off onto Trump. And and it's I mean, how in the world can you get that to stick on Trump? I don't, I don't know how like what what their game plan was there. But some new tapes. We went over some tapes that we had had before on Biden with his calls with the Ukrainian prime minister. I was it Poroshenko? Is it the guy's name, I think?
1: I think so. Sounds uh, I think right. that's what it
0: was. Not not the guy that's in there now, uh, uh, the S- guy Sarninsky. before him, Yeah, yeah it's the guy before him. Uh but some new Uh, audio has come out now on Biden. Now, what is this new stuff that's come out? Now, like I said, there's a backstory to this. If you were to play this stuff now and you really don't know the backstory, you're probably going to take it the wrong way. But I'm going to give you a little bit into context here. And Bruce, you can help me out here. There was an entire criminal network that was set up in the Ukraine by the Obama administration. And everybody played their hand that Hillary was going to win. And she didn't. And, And Trump won. And of course, that compromised the entire deal. And everybody was exposed. There was all that exposure there, all the way down to like a DNC strategist, you know, Alexander Jalupa, (laughs) all the way up to Obama himself. Everybody was exposed. John Kerry and John Kerry's son and and, uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's son, John, all the Podestas, uh, both Podesta brothers. And um, Cohen was mixed up in there, I think. And it, it was just it was a um, Susan was Rice it was a Cohen Manafort. No, I'm thinking Manif- Paul Manafort. Uh Susan Rice was in there, and I think Cohen was involved. Was Cohen involved? I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was Paul Manafort. I thought Manafort was the thing there, the link there they were trying to make with Trump, because Manafort um, was in the was in the mess in in that Ukraine mess, and then he got hired onto the Trump campaign, and so that's what they were trying to do to tie Trump to that. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I, I okay. was thinking of Cohen being I, I was thinking of him being someone else. I I was thinking of somebody else. Not OK, well, looking either way. It, OK, yeah, that's, that's, that's yeah. not him. Not OK, enough. so everything was just this massive web of corruption. It was just it was a nightmare scenario. Well, like I said, Hillary was supposed to win and she didn't. And so that's a big exposure. And it's all this. Uh, it, it's just this disaster. So they had to try and. Minimize the damage, shall we say? And so that's what these tapes are. Correct, the, these, this new audio. That's a little bit of the backstory. There's a whole lot more to it, but I'm in the interest of time. I'm trying to compress it here. But that's the gist of it. Did I miss anything of significance? Um, I would just mention that um, uh,
1: Hunter Biden was doing dealings with Burisma and one of the oligarchs, and the what was it? Four billion dollars that they received eight. just kind of eight. eight. Okay, excuse me. The eight billion dollars just kind of disappeared in one of the oligarchs banks. And it just so happens that this oligarch now is a hero in the nation because he was able to supply weapons and arms and whatnot for the militia fighting Russia. I mean, huh, interesting. Interesting. Anyway, but as far as missing anything, no. That that pretty much sums up, in a nutshell, what went on. And these tapes are basically Biden saying um hey um we haven't told Trump anything of our dealings i haven't had the time to do that you shouldn't either you know should, you should watch what you're saying and when i become a, a civilian again you know i'm no longer working for the united states i will continue working with you in the future
0: which is okay. kind of illegal just yeah just 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 a little bit illegal let's um let's listen to cut one <laughs> Transition has to be cleared to do that, just as we had to be cleared after the Bush
1: administration, etc. They have not done that. They're trying to catch up and do it now since they fired the guy who headed up the transition just last week. No, that was the honest. reason I bother to tell you that is I have been somewhat limited on what I'm able to tell their team about. Ukraine. The excuse of the matter is the incoming administration doesn't know
0: a great deal about the situation. Okay. Uh, the The incoming administration doesn't know a great deal about what we've set up. Okay. Th- that's because what you set up, sir, is illegal. <laughs> so there's probably yeah. a, a pretty good reason why they don't know that. Uh, and if they were to find out about that, uh, you're all going to be in a heap of trouble. So... Um, <laughs> Again, if you were to just hear that audio without knowing the backstory, you'd think, yeah, you know, it no big deal. it's just a, yeah, it's, it's just whatever. Uh, but there's a whole nasty mess. Okay, that was the first clip. What's the second one? Um, the second one is the bit where he's saying
1: he's going to continue working with him after he's out of office.
0: Okay, uh, let's go to. Uh, cut to Joe Biden and Poroshenko at the time. And this this is after Trump was elected. This is during the lame duck session, the transition period, correct? Yes, this is during the transition. This is 2016, actually. Okay. Now, apologies for the quality of the audio. This is, if my understanding is correct, this is a call that was caught on two speaker phones on either end, and the person that's actually recording it is doing it from their personal recording device standing in the room listening to this. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, more or less. It's it's a conference call. They're recording the conference call with another device. And then someone else is recording. uh, Okay, this is being shown on the news in like Russia or Ukraine or something like that. And the video that's actually being played here is someone recording their TV with their smartphone, which is a recording of the conference call. So that's why the quality is bad. And that's why you hear the paper shuffling in the background and and the other. Um, voices.
0: Okay, and, and uh, now that you say that, I remember this was actually banned from, like I said, they're scrambling here to take it down everywhere. YouTube and, and Google and, and all these, like everybody's taking it down. And this, like the original audio, it did come from the Russian YouTube site, right? Because that's, I mean, that's the yeah. only way you can get it. Yes. All right, let's Let's uh, let's go to uh, cut two here. Well, you're awfully generous. I don't plan on going away. I
1: mean, as a private citizen, I plan on that you have begun and we have begun. Yeah. At I least mean, that's my objective. That's my objective. But if I go beforehand, I'm worried and if they don't know enough, they will think I'm trying to gain them. They will think I am trying to put them
0: in a corner. They will question my motive. He's going to remain involved. Well, he's remained involved up to this point. And, and let's let, just on a side note here: Does that sound the way that he's talking there? That was 2016. Does that sound like the Joe Biden that we know now? No, it doesn't. Does it? That, that no. does not sound that, like him. That's, that's a big difference. That is a massive difference. That that is a massive difference. There, he actually he he's actually talking like. You know, he, he's he's cognizant. He knows what's going on. He's sp- uh, speaking with a sense of authority. Now it's like he's just he, he's losing his grip on reality is, is the kind of the feeling that I get from him. What, what was it? He said there at the end that what what, what did he put, How did he put it? He said if if he shows up, then they'll feel like uh, he's gaming.
1: The oh, system. yes. That yes, part, he's, he's gaming. gaming them. He's are. yeah,
0: he's gaming them. Uh, well, Joe, okay. you, you kind of are. You, you kind of are. You, you set up a, a criminal network over there. Uh, And it's kind of against the law and it's it's treason. So you're in a bit of hot water. Now, it makes sense as to why Joe's running now. And what I've been saying all this time that Joe's running to protect the network. That's what he's doing. Joe's running to protect the network. And so this is another thing. Now, why the media is not all over this? I would think that, hey, you've got this thing laid at your feet, which they had it all in the beginning anyway. The same thing with all, or the same with all the uh, the backstory that we gave you to this. They had the entire story laid at their feet. Sarah Huckabee Sanders mentioned it in uh, a press conference one day at the White House, and the media just said, "Oh, yeah, we don't care. We don't care," and they moved on. They, they went on to uh, asking a question about Trump's tax returns or something and it's yeah. it's absolutely shameful. It's absolutely shameful. This is out here. It's naked. it's in the open. I mean the the, the emperor's running down the middle of the road with no clothes and his hair is on fire. It's right here in front of everybody's face, but no attention's paid to it. That's why um, as you were saying, that's why we're seeing some of the
1: appointees, if you will, for Biden uh, you know if he were to win. Susan Rice is one of the ones he wants to appoint and some of the other uh names that he has there they were all involved the, the the DOJ Obama the Obama administration DOJ created or encouraged Ukraine to create their own DOJ and the Obama administration picked the the members of that DOJ in Ukraine and they were corrupt like the 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 um, prime minister that was elected now. He's a, the the comedian guy. I forget what his name is offhand.
0: Uh, I can't he, think what it is. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. He's like the John Stewart he, of, uh, of the Ukraine. Yeah,
1: yeah. He's not corrupt in this, right? He was, he was a joke candidate, literally. He was like a, a, Trump, uh, for them. And, uh, he was elected and he's gone through and started clearing out the, the corruption and the DOJ for Ukraine that was created by the Obama administration, more or less, was all corrupt. So
0: um yeah due to the interest of time Bruce I would like to continue this conversation but we're out of time today so we're going to have to do this another day uh but let's let's hang on to this because honestly this has now come out uh, I'm I'm certain that there's probably going to be more I I would assume at this point because everything is everything's moving. And you know something? I think, I think that we're going to see an October surprise from the Trump camp. So let's keep an eye on this and let's, let's revisit this because honestly, we were going to do a whole thing on the backstory anyway, weren't we? So maybe we should yeah. just throw, maybe we should just throw all this stuff together. And then uh, just because we still have the audio from before of the first round of calls. Uh, and then of course, we've got the clip of him saying, you know, he got the billion dollars and all that stuff. So uh, let's let's just uh, throw all the, uh, the Biden stuff we got. And uh, let's put something together uh, in the coming weeks, see what we can come up with. So um, we're going to have to jump out of here today. So for those of you who have not, you'd like to, please do give us a follow on the social media platform of Parler. We love getting all of your likes, your echoes, your comments, your feedback. You can follow me over there at J Anderson 3, or you can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us and you don't want to do it via social media, you can do so anytime by dropping us a line at tips at dynamicindependence.com. And we would humbly ask you to pass this along to friends and family. We're trying to grow our audience as much as possible, and we need your help as a loyal listener in order to do that. So if you could please pass this along to friends, family, known associates, possibly your neighbor, uh, we would greatly appreciate that as we're trying to promote good, healthy conversation in and amongst people's circles. Also, if you're rating podcast, if you could drop over to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating at your convenience or any other respective platform you listen to us on, if you could give us a rating at your convenience, that would be greatly appreciated. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.